Welcome to your mass podcast. I know it's a Monday recording and I'm already laughing, which is like, who could dare laugh on a Monday? It's not funny Monday, isn't it? But it is for me today. So I have a recurring guest. I was coming back after doing the first episode. He survived the first episode and decided to come back for more, which I love it. Uh, his name is Ron Velasco, and uh, he's a small business strategist, uh, and he can show owners how to add a minimum of $100,000 to their bottom line before spending a dollar on marketing and advertising. I think we all need to learn this. But today on our podcast, we're going to be talking about the fundamental of starting a new business. And the reason we're doing this, actually, is because people have ideas. But how do you transform your idea into reality and really start your business on the right foot? Meaning knowing what you knowing your basics. So this is what we're going to be talking today with Ron. If you not gonna run, that's good. I'm happy you're still here. Hi, Ron. How are you doing? I am uh, good. Well, I mean, there's, I mean, what's better to do on the Monday morning than laugh, right? I mean, that's what, you, that, you know, that's what we have to do is to kind of get that uh, blood pumping, you know? I know. So um, talking about the fundamental of uh, starting a new business, because you started new businesses, new ventures, you even move from one state to another, just decide to pack up your stuff and go. It's like, it's insane, but worked, you know, insanity works great once in a while. But I think a lot of people, and let me know if, because you're a strategist and you work with a lot of clients, um, is a lot of people, a lot of your clients had a fundamental on how to start a new business or did you just pick it up and went with the flow? That's a, that's a really great question. And, and, and no, you're right. I mean, sometimes, you know, you do have to be a little, you got a little, be a little crazy to, uh, to start a business. Uh, so there's a saying like, you know, you, sometimes you got it, you know, like the crazy ones make all the money, right? Like the crazy ones make yep. all the money. I Pretty mean, much. <laughs> you know, really, really like you look like, I mean, you know, look at all the, like the bigger companies, you know, like Amazon or, you know, like Steve Jobs or, you know, like even Tesla, um, you know, Elon Musk. At some point, they all thought they were, you know, a little crazy to start their business, but then they worked, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the businesses that I started, um, it was actually with a partner. Um, it was a, a plumbing company. Now he, uh, he was a plumber, right? Um, what a lot of the times happens, like you get someone that's working for somebody else and they're like the technician, they do all the work. Right. And then they're like, man, you know, I could do this myself. I'm just going to quit and I'm going to start a new job, you know, or start, start my own business. Right. Um, but what they forget is they can do the, the like the mechanics, but they forget like the business side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it happened to me too, you know, like sometimes when you start a business, like, um, and I'll give you a perfect example, like, you know, like uh, we started a hair salon business, you know, like five years ago, and we didn't know anything about the hair salon business, but I knew the business side of it, right? Uh, but so we had to learn the salon side of it, right? So there's always kind of like two sides to every um, business is like the operations of it, and then the actual um Doing the services, yes. Yep, you got it. Yeah, yeah. and and so it's really important to kind of know both. But however, though, you can always get help on one or the other, 
you know, like you and I know both. It's like if someone has a passion on, I sometimes work with people that have a real strong passion, you know, like building a product, right? Because they have an mm-hmm. idea. Uh, but then they get to a certain point and they're like, well, you know, like, how, how am I going to get clients, right? Like no one's buying yeah. my product, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to interject on this one because a lot of people are assuming, uh, well, you know, you're seeing <clears throat> ad, you see a lot of things uh, yeah. over the internet and you see uh, the real, the whatever, the tradition of the housewife of whatever, and you're seeing them and you see people and it seems like so easy. It's like, well, they got they got their clients, they're all coming. Right. So I'm going to do the same. But is it really the same in reality? That, you know, that's a really great question because they, uh, I'll give you a perfect example. So I have a new client. So she is a esthetician, uh, but she, uh, so uh, she does skincare, but she actually has her own line of product as well, right? Nice. So then so she, she wants to transition from doing the actual work mm-hmm. to sell her product and have training courses because she's been doing over 20 years. Yeah. Um, so th- a real conversation last week happened, you know, so we're working on the business and then she actually, you know, kind of started crying. Um, and I asked her why, and she says, why is this so difficult? I'm like, well, what is so difficult? She says, like you said, like, why can't I just sell my product? And I'm like, well, it's, we're working on this. She's like, but there's so many people that I see that already are successful in selling similar products. Like you said, especially nowadays we see other people uh, like you know all the like the success that they're getting but we forget Mm -hmm. you know that they went through something right like to get to that point like to get customers like you said it's like their customers are out there but we have to have that plan and those fundamentals and and that's really what we wanted to kind of cover on today right like what really is the fundamentals of a business right Mm -hmm. exactly because you know, it's easy to get lost in a world of social media and easy, fast, easy street, easy run, easy, whatever it is. But in reality, it's not because you need to have the concept. I know it's funny. When it's like easy rider. <laughs> like the movie Easy Rider, except it's not a movie Easy Rider. But it's like, you, you know, people need to be taught uh, uh, what to do because most of the time I would say, and even with uh, the example of your esthetician, did she know the business side of it? Did she know how to do it and to move from what she was doing to the next level where she wants to be? Well, um, so that's a great, great question because she had a successful um, esthetician business, okay. right? Yeah. But now she needs to sell products. So it's like she would kind of have to start all over again, right? Um, and we were kind of talking this, you know, uh, like before we started the podcast, like what are those three fundamentals to any yep. business, right? Um, and you can really break it down into three parts. Um, so if you think about it, um, like the first part is prospects, like leads. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they're not customers yet. They're just people like you mentioned earlier, like people that can see your product on social media yeah. or, you know, so so you need an audience first, right? You, you need mm-hmm. leads. And then two is you need obviously conversion you need to convert those leads over to customers right so how are we going to do that are we you know going to just send them to our web page are we going to talk to them are we going to do a presentation you know like how do we actually convert those leads into prospects and then the third one is fulfillment Uh, fulfillment is you know how how are you going to be able to provide your service or your product like if you get 100 people buying your product can you fulfill on those yes yeah Uh, so, so 
off those three things, you always want to look at like, where is kind of like that, um, kind of like that holding pattern, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, where's the biggest challenge, you know, like, um, so I, so I wanted to ask you too, like, what have you seen, like, like in like businesses that you talked to, like leads, conversions, or fulfillment? Well, that would be the leads, the brand awareness, because a lot of people, uh, well, there is two situations. One, people who, who go to their website but never convert, yeah. they pass, they see, they leave. But yeah. the other thing that I found that talking with different business owners is they don't see they exist. They've been there. I have one who have been there for 30 years and she's not known where she, her business is. However, that's the, the interesting part of it. She does more business outside of the state. 75% of her business is outside of the state. Yeah. It's not within the state of Minnesota, which is mind-blowing in one way, but there, a lot of businesses don't have a footprint. They don't know. People don't know they exist or they drove by by accident, but they don't find them. Yeah. So there is two big things here for the prospect is they are not known or they go to their website or their Facebook and they look at it and say, oh, that's nice. And they're Absolutely. not converting. Absolutely. No, so, you know, so you bring up a good point. Um, sometimes we think because we have a website and there's people going to the website that they're automatically going to buy. And, and yep. you and I know both. That's only like step one because they don't know who they are yet, right? Just because someone goes to a website, they don't know anything about you. Um, and nowadays, like, you know, we, we we talked about there's a lot of noise in social media, right? So um, th- uh, th- there's this rule, like the rule of seven, you know, like someone has to see you seven times in order to actually take action. Uh, but nowadays, it's actually a lot higher. Um, it's actually, you know, probably like more like nine to 12. Uh, because mm-hmm. there, there is so many, you know, like for that example that we're working with, um, you know, like that skincare products. There, there's a lot of skincare products out there. Oh, absolutely, yes, mm-hmm. it's a billion dollar business, uh, uh, business, uh, business area to people to, you know, there's it's over a billion dollar on this one. But the problem is which one is right, and how can you stop to be part of the background? And you move up to the front stage where people will say, yes, I want to buy it because a lot of businesses are part of the background. So how do you move from being part of the background where you're just part of the noise to really attract your target market? So that's a great question. So you really have to, you have to answer two questions um, and you really have to enter the conversation that's going on in your prospect's mind. Um, And you know, sometimes we think, you know, how are we going to, you know, actually enter the conversation in someone's mm-hmm. mind? But it, but it's actually pretty simple. It's actually, we all have two questions always going on in our, uh, that conversation in our mind. The, the first one is, we, we have a problem uh, mm-hmm. that we don't want, right? Mm-hmm. And then two is, there's a solution or result that we want, but don't have. So then those two questions become is like, like, what is the problem that you're actually solving in your prospect? Um, right. And then the second question is, you know, what's the result or solution that you are giving to your prospect? You know, so that's really simple. So I'll give you an example. Um, I have this other client that she makes um, handmade soap bars. Now, now these soap bars are actually specific to like uh, different skin conditions like psoriasis or yep. like, you know, dry skin. <clears throat> um, 
Now, she's not just selling uh, bars of soap because they, they cost like $20, right? And they last about like a month, but they're actually medicated, like all 100% yeah. natural. Yeah. So then what, what we have to say, we're, we're not selling soaps is we're actually solving a pain point, you know, like someone mm-hmm. that has really, you know, uh, dry skin, right? This is medic, you know, this will cure their skin within two weeks. So we really got to talk about the problem, right? Um, and then so do you, and so I want to ask you too, is like, what's that, do you see a lot of um, businesses out there really solving the problem or are they just kind of promoting their product? More promoting their product than solving the problem. They don't educate. Yeah. That's they. They come. Here's the problem. Here's here's the issue. The main issue, I think, the pain point, is that when people start their business, and that's my view. You can share yours uh, as well because this this is why we're having a conversation. <laughs> Doesn't go one way, but it goes both ways. Yeah. Is that. Instead, then thinking about their website, they're going to see another website and they're going to want the same thing. But that website is somebody else's website. It's not their website. It's not their messaging. It's nothing that, but they want to copy it because they like it. And that's one of the main issues I see in a lot of websites because it doesn't educate, it doesn't tell you. Well, those bars are about twenty dollars. There's a reason they are twenty dollars. First of all, because they are here for a function. The function, if you have an issue with dry skin, you know, so whatever you know, whatever the the, the issue is. Well, that's my problem. This is my solution right there. So I want the solution to the problem. But if it's not explained, or it's if the message is different and doesn't even target correctly, then yeah, that's a problem. That's one of the many issues we see when we're looking at website. Yeah, no, and you know, you bring up a good point. So, um, when businesses bring up their, you know, uh, develop their websites, they just kind of look at their competitors. Same thing with pricing, right? Like people just look at their what their competitors are pricing. But one simple formula um, is that we can make it really easy for them. And when developing your messaging or even your website, is uh, you can follow the conversion equation, right? Um, it's it's really simple. I mean, it's you know essentially four steps. So so the first one is you want to state the problem that you're solving. You know, really simple, right? Um, so you know, like the first thing people uh, should see on your website is like you know what's the problem that you're solving? You know, is it um, you know is it dry skin or is it um, you know like a specific pain that they're having? You know, you know like in their joints um, or and then so second is you want to state the solution that you're offering. You know, like you can, you know, reduce your pain by 80% in two weeks, right? Or, you know, but you specifically have to specify the solution. Then three is you want to educate. And you you mentioned that education is so important, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't know anything about the person, about uh-huh. the barge of soap, you know? So, <clears throat> and then fourth is the offer. Um, and now the offer um a lot of the times business owners think like, you know, I want to offer like 10% or, you know, like a certain discount. And you and I know both that no, discounting no. is not the best way to grow a business. Nope. Right? That's the worst thing you can ever do to your business. Absolutely. Because your mm-hmm. costs still remain the same. Like mm-hmm. to make the bar of soap still costing the same. As soon as you give it a discount, it's affecting your profit, right? Yes. So, so other offers that you can uh, give 
is either, you know, you can offer to educate, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, for instance, like this podcast is a great way to educate people. Um, you know, you, you can create a, you know, like a little ebook to educate people on why they should buy your soap. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so there's, there's even offers where you can even hold like a seminar, right? Where you're educating and helping people along that process. Because like what you mentioned earlier, not everyone's going to buy like on day one, right? No. Mm-mm. no, that's true because some people are already and some are not. That's part of the buyer's journey, actually. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, we should, we should teach a class together. <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. No. And see, so that's a big problem that I think, um, a lot of businesses like we experience is when we do marketing, we expect it to work the first time. Yes. Right? And we know that like one to three percent of the people out there, those are people ready to buy, like I mentioned, the buyer's journey. But then there's mm-hmm. 97 to 90 percent of the people that might not even know that they have a problem yet, you know, that you're trying to solve. So we have to educate them. We have to state the problem um, because we are in a busy world. So we, and we have to repeat it. Remember, now we have to tell people more than seven times, you know, if it's email, yeah. text, um, you know, you know, a, a podcast or we have to seminar or like hold the class, right? Um, and we have to keep talking to them, you know, like about their specific problem and the solution that they want. So I have a question for you because now they heard this. My only concerns is if like in the case of the bar soap, so there is different, uh, um, I don't want to call it illness, but uncomforting situation with your skin that can be, well, it's illness too, because there are some, it's created this way, but here we anyhow, and we're not going to cut this one, so it doesn't make any sense, but that's okay, it's Monday, people. <laughs> if you have several pain points, because I'm concerned of people saying, well, I'm going to create my website, so the majority of people will decide, I'm going to do my website on my own, it's going to be awesome, it's going to save me money, I'm going to do the layout, I'm going to do everything. Now, imagine you got five or six different pain points. Are you going to put them into your website and confuse people? Or how do you do that? Because often we see so many things happening in one website. At the end of the day, it's very extremely confusing to say, yeah. I showed up for what here? Because now I'm lost. How that because it's easy to lost your prospect into your website if it's too confusing. So, if people have several uh, pain points, should they list them all out there, right there on the front page on a landing page? Or how do they go about? Of maybe I should put one, maybe two, or what should they do as an alternative? If any. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a great question. So. So. As we have a business, we know sometimes we solve multiple pain points, right? It's not just yes. one because we can help different people in different ways, right? Yes. Um, and so sometimes it's really difficult for us to be able to put it all in one message, right? Or like you said, we put everything in the one website and it's like, you know, it's confusion, right? Yes. Um, so so obviously you want to identify those different pain points. And then the most important part of it is to be able to communicate that pain point to the specific target market that you're going to address, you know, um, like I'll give you a perfect example, um, like uh, that business owner with the bar, bar of soaps. Mm-hmm. So uh, she addresses uh, dry skin, but also acne, right? So yeah. acne, um, the specific people that like in social media are on Instagram because they're younger, right? Mm-hmm. So she has a landing page now that we developed specifically for the people that are on Instagram that they can click specifically for that pain point for acne. Cause we don't want to confuse them with dry skin because yeah. they could care less about dry skin. Exactly. 
Yeah. So like you mentioned, we want to customize your <clears throat> message to the people that you're talking to, you know. So if they, uh, so they have, so do they have to use social media like Instagram and everything else? Or could they just only focus on their websites? Or would it be best to use a combination of both? Well, I think a combination of both um, because um, so the website is really important because of the message, right? And then that's when you really have time to be able to kind of um, specifically tell them about the problem that they have and the solution. So the message is really important. And then if it's social media or if it's, you know, you know, LinkedIn, you, you have to find where your target market is, right? So it's really important to one, know who your market is like, you know, who are you actually targeting, you know, and then what's the problem. And then that's when you can customize it on either a landing page or your specific website. Now, to your point earlier, like, do you put everything on the website, like all the mm -hmm. pain points where, you know, you're solving one, one kind of large specific problem. So that's what you want to put on there, right? That, but if it's more of a specific problem, then that's when you can have different landing pages. Okay, so you're, you're okay, so that's what I wanted to know, because a lot of people, you know, if you have um, one website, which is good, uh, you should be able to, uh, within even the main landing pages, uh, put it in, not with the pain point, but maybe dry skin or different tabs that can give different pages, and for people to go there, because sometimes everything is in one spot, and it's like, good Lord. What was that? It's like it's very confusing. You don't know what it is. You, it's too much to digest as information in what you're looking. Your problem you have, the solution is there. That's the right, the right business. But you're gonna miss it because it's buried somewhere in between two lines of uh, of you know of the website. So that's why. So we we talked about this one. So what is the next? Because Let's say that your prospect, so you're reaching out to your prospect. Now, the prospect is interested because you get the right message, you get the right thing. So what happened next? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so now we got to, yeah. So now we got to focus on the conversion. It's how to be able to bring them over to, for them to be a client, either buy a product or your service, right? Um, and there, you know, we kind of talked about having a compelling offer. Like you really have to mm -hmm. have something that's going to bring them over to the end, right? Um, a lot of business owners think that it's, you know, like price related. And of course, like we talked about, there's people that are always going to just buy something because it's on discount. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, but a great example is like when you go to a restaurant, um, you can go to a really nice restaurant, um, you know, and expect that you're going to pay, you know, $20, $30 for a plate. But you go in and the service is horrible, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the a dinner, um, you look at your check and it's like, oh, you know, I can't believe it's this expensive, right? Even though the food was delicious, but the service was horrible, right? Yeah. Um, versus compared, you, you know, you can go to a uh, restaurant that might, you know, like a little uh, food truck or something, right? Uh, and the food was great, but the price is low, right? You're going to look at, you know, like the actual food and the service was great. So same, same, same thing with the business. You want to be able to not just focus on the price, but you want to give extraordinary value. Um, to your client, right? So, and value is all like like a perceived value. It's like you have to give those things that build up to even being more expensive than what they're actually buying, right? So mm -hmm. may, maybe it could be like a satisfaction guarantee, right? Yeah. 
um, and you want to build a value behind your product or your service that they see when they're paying, let's say, $100 for your product, that they're actually getting you know, $200 or even more of actual value. And not everything has to be in the product. I mean, you know, like we mentioned, you know, it could be like a how-to guide, you know, like on your product or even like a tutorial or, you know, being available, you know, through email or text for customer support. So there's other ways that you can build value into your product or your service to get them to convert. Because usually when people know, uh, don't buy, um, it's usually three things. So one is they don't, see themselves with the product that you're selling mm-hmm. right and yeah. then the, the second is their price you know like it's just too expensive for them right and then the other one is they just maybe just don't have confidence like in your product or your service so how do we overcome them mm-hmm. obviously you just have to build that value in front so they can see the value and then obviously the price you know it connect with it oh that that's great so converting them and you made a very interesting and very important point. It's not even interesting. It's interesting and important is, can you fulfill it? Because it's easy that if you do all of the work up front and you're like, okay, I have this great product. I'm building, uh, I have somebody or rather I have somebody buying, uh, building the website. I got everything, the right wording. I got everything, the, the messaging. Now I'm getting clients coming in. And you're like, okay, this is awesome. And, you know, money's coming in and like, oh, I maybe have 10 samples of it or 10, 10 of those products and you get 200 orders. So how do you manage this? Because you have, you know, you're, you're brand new into the business and you're looking at, um, what do you call it? Uh, the forecast. But how can, what kind of forecast can you do when you're just starting it? It's like, I don't know if I'm going to sell a million dollars worth of product or I'm going to sell maybe 15 to $20,000. Yeah. I don't know. So how do you overcome that forecast, especially when you start bringing your stocks? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, that's a great question because like, I think our biggest fear sometimes is when we're selling a product or a service that we have all these customers now, like you said, and then mm-hmm. we, don't, we run out of product, right? And that all of a yeah. sudden, like we can't sell. Um, So, you know, so there's a couple of ways that you can do it once, you know, you want to be able to have different ways you provide your product or your service, Uh, meaning, you know, one is just like the transaction, right? You you, uh, customer pays you and then you deliver it, but you want to find different ways, the way you, uh, the way you can generate revenue. So one, if it's just a product, uh, but let's say, you know, like if you're manufacturing this product, or maybe you Mm -hmm. can find someone else to manufacture it for you. Or maybe you can actually fulfill on a more automated basis where it's like once that customer comes in, they're on a subscription model, right? And then they'll get that product on a monthly basis. So, so meaning um, we sometimes have only so much product that, that we can handle, but we want to find different ways or services that we can provide to be able to sell more to our customer. Because you're right. I mean, one of the biggest fears is running out of your product and you have 10 yeah. customers, right? Uh, but the only way to know is to <clears throat> actually deliver on their product and then kind of measure it. And then obviously then you can kind of continue from there. Um, so I, I had a customer that um, they make collars for cats, right? Uh, so their number one uh, issue in the beginning was uh, leads. Um, and, you know, they started using social media. They actually started using TikTok because that's where the customers were. So they had all these customers. And then all of a sudden, when they started getting orders of like, 2,000, 5,000 uh, cat collars, believe it or not. 
um, then their problems with fulfillment because they ran out of product. So then th they went back into um, their conversion side of it and, and then they into the fulfillment and then they found out that you know they needed to optimize that fulfillment side in the manufacturing side of it so it sometimes it, it's a back and forth thing right so you, mm -hmm. you you have to sell and then you have to optimize sell and then optimize so it's always changing on the fulfillment side you just have to find different ways to be able to you know kind of optimize it as well and sometimes you just got to jump in like we said you know sometimes you just got to do it yeah, because the only thing is to know how long it takes to make the product. So if you at least have an idea how long it makes and you have some ahead, when yeah. the orders are coming in, it gives you an idea of uh, how long it will take to fulfill this to the customers. But it can be scary in one way when you don't know or you don't have a big warehouse and you're just starting it. It's like, oh, my God, it takes me 14 days, two weeks to get this done and you know to get it up from the beginning of the order to the end product and ship it. So and sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah no, so so you, you bring up a good point, scarcity. So mm -hmm. let's say if you're buying something and all of a sudden they don't have any more, well, that yeah. actually creates some scarcity, right? So we're afraid that the customer will leave and some might leave, but some of them are actually going to wait because you're providing so much value that it actually mm -hmm. might help if you run out of it, right? Because it's like a limited quantity, Yeah, um, you know? But you always have to think about a backup. I always say to people, and uh, when I was in corporate, I always said, you have a supplier, you need at least a second supplier that is capable to turn around in less than 24 hour notice, turn on the machine and just do it. And yeah. a lot of people don't think about it. Maybe they have a hard time because like in a healthcare beauty, like you're talking about the esthetician, she might have take forever for her to find the right uh, manufacturings to produce her uh beauty line and other line of beauty you know a line of beauty isn't it it is yeah yeah okay because I, I i start to feed the words around <laughs> and i'm only on water it's so sad <laughs> for a monday and i don't drink that's awesome so uh, the, if she it took very long for her to find the right company, it could be a very big problem for her in case there is something happening and they don't get the right supply or something happening in their uh, supply chain that will stop her to produce, uh, to get what she needs. And in, I would say 99% of the time, you can find the backup suppliers, but in some instances, maybe hers, might not be possible to have another one up and running on due time or as a backup because it's going to need, you know, you go through the process, they have to respect the formula in your product, whatever it is that could slow down uh, to have somebody as a backup, or at least it's, it's not possible, like Apple, there is some of their stuff they do, it's not possible that any other company can do it. Uh, it has to be that specific company, so they are the mercy of the vendor. So that, that is, I think, one of the challenges as well when you're looking at um, companies and growth and how to run your business. Um, also, because you work a lot with clients and um, a lot of startups, you do, you do work with a lot of startups, don't you? Uh, correct. Or young companies. Yeah. Call it young companies. Young companies, yeah. Young companies, that's something yep. that better. And so those startups, all those young companies, like you mentioned, like that's their biggest fear. You know, it's like once they start, like, you know, once mm -hmm. you know, that they're going to run out of product or, you know, like it, like if it's a service industry, you know, like, you know, they only have so many employees to be able to help so many people. Uh, but like I said, that, that is part of it. Now, 
one of the things that we have to remember is like the law of supply and demand, right? You know, like mm-hmm. if it's if there's low supply, there's going to be high demand. And then if yes. there's high supply, there's going to be low demand. Yeah. And, you know, that's just the nature of business. But what we do is so what I see in startups is that is they, they start growing and they're somewhat afraid. It's like, you know, what if we can't fulfill? But again, that's how you grow. Right. I mean, and uh-huh. like you mentioned, that's part of the process, you know, that you have to. And obviously, you know, first get those leads, then you got to convert them, you got to get customers because, you know, they're going to pay your bills, then you just got to deliver. And then, you know, whatever you can deliver, then you change or like I said, you find different ways like backups to be able to provide it. You know? Absolutely. Now, for those young companies, uh, when they started, and I don't know if you have seen this too many times, but one person, generally the owner, wear multiple hats. Yeah. So that is a challenge on its own because um, spending too much time to run an operation when it's, you know, it's three to four people at the beginning and you're starting to make the money, it's good. But as it starts to grow, how do you approach the idea for the business owner to let go of the rain and let other people take them so they can actually do the work and for that individual to create more of the product or services, so innovations, uh, getting a different vision, so what they want to do next, move the company to the next level? That's a great question. And that's where a lot of businesses get stuck. Like you said, as they're growing, they're still doing everything, right? So it's that Mm -hmm. control, like you mentioned. So it's it's real easy. Just find out that specific thing or those things that you hate doing. Like those things that that you don't find pleasure in, right? Because you always get... Usually, from what I see, especially like in partnerships, um, there's always two people. One is the creative side, like you said, right? Um, they're, they're the ones that are innovating in the business. They're the ones, you know, uh, speaking to customers. And then you get the other side of it where those are the operations or run the numbers, you know, uh, or do the costing, the pricing. So find those things that you really don't like to do and just have someone else do it. Because that's the easiest thing to give away, right, first. Yeah, that way you can focus. But yeah. so, you know, the way, you know, I, I tell my clients is just do a list from from beginning to end and, and the top being the things that you enjoy and at the bottom being the things that you don't enjoy. And then you just start cutting little by little from the bottom up. Right. Um, and that makes it easy. It is hard in the beginning, like you said, because we mm-hmm. want to stay in control. Uh, but just do that list. And, you know, you know, like if, if you love uh, speaking with people, if you love, you know, the sales aspect of it. And you're you're not so much into the financial. Well, find someone else that can do your bookkeeping. That'll free up your time, right? Um, and yeah. yeah, no, no, I agree. So, what other insight would you share with people in regarding at the fundamental? Because we talked about um, the most important one, which is your product and the core messages, and how to get your leads and your prospect, how to convert them. Uh, but how do you keep your customers? Actually, before I, I, I ask you, <laughs> that just came up right now as they're talking. I'm like, yeah, how do you keep your customers? Yep. So so that's a really great question. It's um, one of our biggest uh, things I think like business owners is like once you have a customer, because we work so hard to get that customer, is that customer not buying again from us, right? Um, so one of the most important things is how to keep it, like you said, you know, like, yeah. re- like that customer retaining. Uh, yeah. So um, on average, it'll cost you about seven times more to get a new client uh, than to 
keep the client. So it's really important to keep that client. Um, so one of them is like you talked about innovation, right? Is we uh-huh. always we always want to be able to you know provide them more products services that they want. But nowadays, what we're seeing, Emma, is more like an an experience economy, meaning. It's not just buying a product because you, you like you can buy bars of soaps, you know, on Amazon or you can buy a soaps, you mm-hmm. know, in a thousand different places. But it, it's that experience that you're giving um, the way you're making your customer feel, um, you know, are you uh, communicating with them, you know, like on your different products or even just checking on them or just giving them feedback. Um, that experience, I think, is what's going to allow uh, people to, you know, keep their customers like we see it with Amazon, right? Like you can order a product now and it, and it could be here by the end of the day right it's all about the experience yeah. or you can return products with no questions asked right mm-hmm. um so so one is create that experience create that culture and really connect with your uh, buyer you know whatever product that is okay so any other insights you would like to share with people in regard of the fundamental of uh, starting a new business because a lot of people have ideas a lot of people are afraid as well so you know, everybody, everybody are dreamers. We're all dreamers, but there is the dreamers and there is the one who's going to step up to the plate, name it, claim it, and do it. Yeah. So for people to be able to, okay, you're going to name your dream, but now it's time to claim it. So what would be one of the advice you would have to say for somebody who's fresh new, like they said, off the boat, that used to be a show, actually, that was a funny one, uh, <laughs> and decide to get, okay, I'm going to go in the adventures of starting my business. Who can they talk to? Because I think it's an essential key on this one. You know, you want to talk to your friend, to your neighbor, and awesome. But they probably are not in a business to help to put things together. So how they can figure out who to go or to approach to be able to really start it up properly. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a really great question. So, we all have different ideas and we have passions that we want to start into a business. Um, mm-hmm. One of the ways that we can advance of, you know, you know, even gaining five, 10, you know, even more years is to either talk to someone that's done it already, or, you know, mm-hmm. talk to a business coach, talk to a business consultant, or even talk to someone that's had a business of the same type that you're thinking of doing, uh, because they can give you a lot of advice of the things of what not to do. Right. Um, and what uh, mistakes or what challenges to avoid and how to solve them like right from the beginning. Um, so, you know, really reach out to either like a mentor or a coach, uh, um, find someone that's done it already. Um, the thing that you want, um, that's easiest because that will save you a lot of pain. It'll, it'll save you a lot of time, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, money know. and pain. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It's always, it, I think it's always better to learn from other people's mistakes than to do them, you know. If, if you can avoid them, yes, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> if I don't have to uh, to go in and meet the pothole here, I would be more than happy to avoid the pothole. But yeah. I found it very um, interesting what you said because I think um, I got the next topic for us actually on our next podcast here. Because, oh, by the way, just to let you know, uh, for you too, uh, you're coming back. So. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It's, not, it's not like you got a choice. <laughs> uh, I like it. I, oh, know I, like it. Co- I know how to contact you, Juan. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. No, I like and the to, conversation. I like and the conversation. to be honest with you and the rest of people, because I had a conversation with other um, 
business owners and coaches, we always said, and I agree with that, a coach need a coach. All right, guys. So Juan actually is my business coach, just to let you know as well. So see, you always hired a coach who has a coach. And I believe Juan has a coach too. And I so, have a coach as well. I do. Exactly. This is how we work. So it doesn't mean that we're good at what it's not mean that we're bad at what we're doing, but somebody who has a coach, somebody who will continue to help them, to challenge them, where you can use them as a soundboard. That's the person you want to hire. Just FYI, and uh, even Colette Veron reed uh, said it, and she's not a coach. <laughs> she has nothing to do with coaching or strategies in business because she's in a different arena, said the same thing. She has a coach. She has people where she can bounce back, and a lot of coach then will do that as well. So it's better to hire somebody who has a coach. That means that somebody who's going to listen to you and really tailored everything that is needed for your own business as somebody who thinks they know everything and you end up to not be happy at the end of the day because it's not going to deliver what you need. But um, coming back to, to Juan, uh, yes, I do have actually, and I'm writing it down because I'm going to have to remember that name when we're going to do our next podcast, I think is the thing not to do. We need to talk of the things that we, the mistakes, the errors, and the, the, the typical errors and mistakes that we can make because we have no idea. Yeah. Because the lack of knowledge, that's why when we're talking, and I know a lot of people are in a half conversation with other business coach and leadership coach, a lot of people are afraid to hire uh, coaches and strategists. Because they're, they're like, oh, my God, this is not going to go well, or I'm not trusting that person. But when you have no knowledge, how do you think you're going to acquire the knowledge? Even, you know, the wonderful example you said, reach out to other business owners if you want to start your business, interview them. Uh, that's great. But when you're ready to do, you know, to start it up, it could be daunting to start your own business because there's a lot of things that people don't realize that it's not only the idea or the concept, the, the product or the service you're going to get out there is to put your operation in place. And operation doesn't work, you know, selling a product, so you need to have an operation. Even if you do it in your garage, it's still an operation from put it into the box, send it, put the, you know, write down the, the what do you call it, the address or print it on a computer. This is still operations. And a lot of people don't know. Same with marketing, same is, um, you know, we talked at the beginning of the conversation. One of the biggest faux pas that I've seen is people removing their website because there is no traffic. That is scary. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? I mean, you need a website. I mean, obviously, like uh, we opened it up, we're talking about brand awareness. People need to know that you're out there, right? Um, so and and there's different ways to get traffic, right? I mean, there's SEO, there's social media, there's paid advertising, um, and you need a website, like you need a online presence, because that's you know what we're um, used to now, right? It's like like if you hear a business, you still go to the website, but like you mentioned earlier, the website has to have the right information, mm -hmm. um, has to deliver the right content uh, to your prospect. So that's extremely important. If the website is quote unquote not working or getting your customers. Well, that's when you got to talk to someone and, you know, really 
kind of see what their website is actually, what kind of content and what messages is it actually giving you? But it's really important. Like you need that online presence nowadays. The other thing that I've noticed, uh, because I, that's an experience I was always done with. It happened um, when I was speaking live and somebody shared that with me when I was talking about at least teaching that class about uh, that I had about the marketing and, and your business, the, the phenomenon of business, actually. The other thing is people are assuming that, well, okay, I'm going to go. So there is nothing happening to that website. So I'm going to go into Instagram. I'm going to spend my entire days on Instagram because I think I'm getting the traffic, which I don't know what you think about this. I have an answer, but I would like to hear you talking about that side of uh, social media. I mean, traffic is great, right? I mean, you know, uh, like we opened it up too. It's like we got to know who our customers and where they're hanging out at. So maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's not. Uh, maybe it's Facebook. Uh, the only way to find out is to, you know, go out and, you know, find, I mean, you got to know who your market is. I mean, depending on your yeah. product service um, and, and traffic doesn't mean uh, conversions, right? So you know, you know, that's you the problem. Have, yeah, exactly. A million followers. That doesn't mean they're going to buy your product. You're going to be entertaining well, for five minutes, but that's it. It, it doesn't matters, guarantee yeah. anything. Uh, 100%. It doesn't guarantee. So, so just traffic doesn't mean that your business is going to grow. Right. And the oh. other thing too, that was uh, I was on Solopreneur. It's not anymore because they switched their staff, which is too bad from Larry. I'm gonna write a complaint to Larry on this one. But uh, I had somebody who was uh, in uh, one of the guru in uh, marketing, but she made such a good point talking about social media when we were talking about TikTok, Instagram. This is like party town. See your website as your foundation at where all of the business should convert it because you create a pipeline with your website. Your website should be working for you, actually. This should be coming. They should uh, order it. It should be all automated at the, uh, the back end. So you don't have to do anything unless you're changing the design, changing uh, something in there. But most of the time, you should not be touching the website. It should be coming automatically. That should be your pipeline. And when we're talking about Instagram um, and TikTok, it's party town. It's where we're having a party because the problem with Instagram and TikTok, you always have to spend time over there. If you don't spend any time, nothing happened. You have to be active. Now, the question I have for you, Juan, is how often your, your clients are spending on those uh, like Instagram and TikTok compared to be able to do their what they're supposed to do, their work or whatever they are supposed to be doing. How often and uh, do they go on those social media and how much time do they spend on average per week, if you know? Well, that's a great question. I mean, you really like those, like if it's TikTok or, or Instagram. Um, I So there's a couple of things really important that, that you said. You can't just do it one time, you know, and it is like TikTok is like party town, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. they're just fast paced, right? Um, and yeah. you do catch a lot of eyeballs, right? You can get in front of a lot of people uh, pretty quickly there. But it's that consistency. Um, mm -hmm. The challenge that I see with a lot of business owners and, you know, and even my clients when I first start beginning with them, They'll do a couple, uh, you know, like TikTok, you know, little videos and they expect it to work. It's got to be consistent, right? I mean, it's got to be on a daily basis because 
it's not just doing it once and then just giving up. It, you know, you have to consistently, you know, uh, not just be an Instagram, just do one video a week, right? But it has to be consistent. Um, not just for your, the people that are watching you, but also for the algorithm, right? Because it has to be specific. Um, so in the beginning, a lot of the clients will just do it once or twice, but they don't have that continuous um, process where they just have to do it over and over again. But then again, it just, it, it's like marketing. You just have to continue to market your business. You have to have the discipline. And the problem is if That's, you don't have the time or you're spending too much time in there, then you don't yeah. even spend the time to be able to convert uh, people into yeah. your website or you just delete the website and like, okay, yeah, which is horrifying to hear. And I'm like, well, if you don't have a website, I'm not buying from you. I don't know who you are. <laughs> even yeah. if I know you, sorry. Yeah. But you need to find a passive way to have people coming. And the passive way is the website because you don't do anything. The website should be doing everything yeah. for you. Yeah. And that's the that's the key, I think. I don't know. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed, Emma. Okay. All right. Well, we had a great conversation today. Do you have any uh, uh, thoughts or insight or something you wanted to share or advice uh, before we are closing the show? I think one of the biggest is, you know, like if you think of starting a business is just, you know, obviously for one, you got to take action, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then reach out to someone that can kind of give you that guidance where they can save you a lot of effort. Uh, but, you know, if, if you have an idea of a business, you know, just take action, speak to someone, business coach, consultant, or even like a mentor, um, someone that'll kind of give you that initial uh, confidence to be able to get started, but just get started. I think that's the biggest message. Awesome. And how people can connect with you? Uh, they can go to my website, scalemyprofits.com, or they can email me at juan at scalemyprofits.com. Fabulous. So Juan will come back. Uh, yes, he has no choice because he has to come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to continue the conversation, actually, because that's very it's extremely educational for people to know because I think there is a big um, gray area and people uh, don't have an idea of what to do, especially when you have dreams and you, you don't know how to stop. It helps them to have clarity. And you know what, it's never, I always ask people when I was in corporate, I always ask everybody what they were doing and people are more than eager to share their stories. Yeah. Seriously, they're not gonna say no. So if they said no, well too bad, you go to another person. That's mean you're not supposed to hear that story, which probably is a good thing. But most of people will be more than happy to talk to you and explain because they will tell you and ask them, interview them. I, if you have a series of questions, do, or I do like we do here. It's just a conversation and we go with the flow, start a conversation and ask them. First question you ask is, how did you get started? Yeah. That's it. How did you get started? And that's how I interview. If you're listening to all of my uh, business breakthrough. Uh, and the exception of people who are coming back uh, on a monthly basis that I'm not going to ask them how did they get started. But the first episode is how did you get started and why? Why did you went that route? Why did you decide to do this? And listen to them. Do the same thing. If you want to create a product, you don't have to tell the product you want to create because if it needs to be, um, if it needs to have a patent, you don't have to. But just ask them how did they get started and. What was their biggest challenge? Ask them for their challenge because a lot of people have an assumption, oh yeah, and that looks awesome. They don't have a problem. Yes, we do. Every single day we have a challenge. Yeah. But ask those pain points because it's not all roses and bonbons, but to be honest with you, it's worth the ride. Seriously. Um, 
So next month we will uh next oh see here we go you have no choice he's coming back next month <laughs> whoa that, yeah next month and we'll do i already want to do about the faux pas one not to do because i think okay. you know, we talked about what to do but we need to talk about the one not to do so at least learn of what we have done i'm sure one who has done so as done many startups and done many business and work with many clients can share with us uh, some of those not to do those big no-nos that we might be doing without realizing we are doing it because we don't know it's a no-no. So I would love to have that conversation with you again, and I'm sure the audience would love it. So thank you so much, Juan, for today's podcast. I think we're going to do another Monday. I like Mondays. <laughs> That's a motivation, motivation life in Mondays. How about that? Exactly. So thank you so much, Juan. Have a beautiful day and we'll talk to you next month. Thank you. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Emma's Universe Podcast.